This is The Motivation. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Jiu-Jitsu Coast to Coast, the podcast that's about everything a Jiu-Jitsu encounters on the daily, from training to everyday life and everything in between. I'm your host, Frank Garcia, currently a Purple Belt under Professor Victor Cervantes at Rivalry Jiu-Jitsu in Fresno, California, and I'm joined by my kick-ass co-host today, Cousin Ann and Alfonso. What's going on, Playboys? What up, cuz? I'm just happy to be here, ready to do this again, and uh, see what we got going on. How about you, Alfonso? I'm doing good, man. Can't wait for this episode. Talk to these guys, and uh, yeah, we'll see what kind of shenanigans we get into. Cool, cool. All right, well, uh, as you guys know, we're doing a double banger episode this week uh, for Veterans Day. So uh, today, in honor of Veterans Day, uh, we got a couple other jujiteros uh, joining us that also happen to be veterans, uh, along with Cousin Ant. So we got Sean Hamilton and Gabriel Vasquez. Welcome to the neighborhood, Playboys. What? What what's up? going on gabers what's up sean how you doing gabers uh good man just good just enjoying my sunday man and just enjoying the day thanks for sunday. having me though. fuck yeah sunday fun day want to give a shout out to anybody or anything uh just all the homies at rivalry jiu-jitsu man that's what's up wholesome love how about you sean how's your sunday been going so far i was like i mean gaber just said it best man and then i really don't have any shout outs other than the homies at rivalry so I'm ready. I'm excited to get in this conversation. Yeah, heck yeah. So uh, I just wanted to take a little bit of time out. You know, we always talk jujitsu and stuff when we're on the mats and whatnot. Um, and I know you guys are all military and whatnot. And you guys got some crazy ass stories. And a lot of times we don't get the time to share those things or just share basic viewpoints on things. And so I kind of want to just because I'm not military background, Alfonso's not military. I mean, we know Cousin Ann, and Cousin Ann shares stories with us, but it, it's kind of limited, you know? Uh, we had Chris and uh, Henry on earlier, and they just kind of gave us a little sneak peek into a little bit of boot camp life, living on a ship, living out in the field, doing crazy shit. We talked military food. Uh, and so it was kind of cool just hearing things that that's not normal, you know? So letting the rest of us civvies know what military life may have been like, you know? And so we came up with a few, actually more than a few questions here. Um, but if you guys have any questions throughout or something else pops up that you want to share with us, please feel free to share whatever you like. The, the podium is yours. So uh, you guys ready to jump into these questions? Sure. Oh, yeah, let's get it. Let's get to all right. All right. I'm going to start off by asking Sean. Sean, why don't you let us know what branch you're in? And uh, now that you're not in, what is it that you miss most about military life? Well, I was in the Navy. I wasn't true Navy because uh, I never went on a ship. So I got to get that out of the way right away. What I miss most about the lifestyle is probably how easy it was to access like things like medical and uh, anything I need, dental, medical, food like it was just right there on base especially when i lived on base like it was so convenient now even though i have the va and such it's still like a hassle man to get into the va but i think that's probably what i miss the most the, the convenient lifestyle yeah man like honestly like the military has it set up so where like you literally don't worry about anything 
you just do your military like job, whatever your MOS is or whatever your job is, you do that. Yeah, you and, guys kind of have like a shitload to worry about as it is. So maybe the less things that you guys got to worry about, the better for sure. What did you do, Sean? What, what was your MOS that you brought up? Oh, well, I joined the military originally as, well, the Navy as a rescue swimmer. And oh, then nice. down the road, I end up uh, converting to a master at arms. So which is pretty much like a MP, like military police. And I did the All whole right, like, right. yeah, I did the whole military police thing in Bahrain for a bit. And then after that, I was a real tryhard. So I got picked up by anti-terrorism. So I worked with NCIS and designed like defensive layouts for bases over in the Middle East. I spent my whole career over there. So nice, nice. All right. Damn. And what made you join the Navy instead of any other branch? Um, I just got back from North Dakota. I, I worked up there during the oil boom. And I went back to college and I just, dude, I just did not like get college. I went be a semester before I, I made it through, but it was like, it was like a struggle, you know? And uh, so basically this, what you're saying is you were smart. You went to school, you were smart. And then you joined like a good branch where you had good food, good lo- lodging and everything like that. Is that what you were saying? No, I didn't join the Air Force. I wish I would have. Like, that would have been tight. <laughs> no, I joined the Navy, man. I, I was, I, I didn't really want a combat job, but I wanted a job where I felt like I had meaning. And I watched this movie, uh, The Guardian, I think it was called, with Ashton Kutcher, and he's like a rescue swimmer, but for the Coast Guard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can't remember that, what the title of the movie was. But I was like, oh, yeah, it's Guardian. Yeah, I was like, that that looks fucking badass. And my whole life, I've always been a swimmer. I love the water. I'm always comfortable in the water. So I was like, fuck it. Yeah, I want to be a rescue swimmer. And so that's what I pursued. But uh, going through the whole school and all that, I had uh, anemia. I didn't know I had anemia, but uh, they wouldn't let me fly anymore. So I had to, like, get forced converted. And I was like, ah, whatever. Oh, man, that sucks. Uh, it happens, but I think I believe in, I'm a firm believer in, like, fate. Nice. So... I had a really good career. It's a positive outlook. Sure. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah, for sure. All right, Gabers. Uh, what about you? What branch were you in? And what do you miss most about military life? I think we're, uh, you were on a ship, right? Yeah. So I was in the Navy from 2007 to 2011. And I served on board uh, USS Ronald Reagan, which was an aircraft carrier. Um but yeah, it was it was a cool time. Uh, I think the thing I missed the most, and I think I, I when I look back on it now, is like I definitely missed the traveling. I uh, yeah. man, I got to visit so many places while I was in. And when I remember when I got out, like I remember during the time I was like, oh yeah, it's not a big deal because you know everybody around you is pretty much doing the same thing. They're we're being able to see the same stuff, so you're like, oh yeah, everybody's enjoying this ex- ex- experience together. But now that I'm out, like, I'm like, man, shoot, like, I got, I got to visit all these crazy countries that, you know, half my friends will never see, you know, pretty much all my friends will probably never see, like, it, it was an amazing time, like, that's, that's definitely something that, you know, I feel that I miss the most, for sure. Traveling. Yeah, how, for sure. How often would you guys, like, be in a different place, you know, like, every month, every week, every few months? So, I mean, it was, it differed. Um, I remember cause I did four deployments, um, in my four years and, you know, sometimes we would, we would be out to sea. the longest we were out to sea was 78 straight days. And, um, that was during, that was 2011. 
And during that time, um, we were actually pulling, it was like, we were on day 43 and we were pulling into um, Busan. We were supposed to pull into Busan, Korea. And the day before we pulled on to, into Busan, Korea, um, the Fukushima reactor out in Japan, when they had that big old tsunami, Dean. Oh, yeah, yeah. That happened. So they called us out there. And I remember, like, we're see- we were seeing it on TV. And everybody's like, oh, man, like, we're for sure going to go out there. And next thing you know, like, 30 minutes after watching it on TV, we hear it over, like, the, we they call it the 1MC. Um, and it's basically just, like, the microphone over the ship. And the captain's like, hey, like, you know, this is what happened. We're going to be out there until who knows how long. But, yeah, it, it would differ from time to time. Um, it, you can be out to sea for a month. You could be out to sea for two weeks. And we would we would see ports, you know, different ports. But, I mean, that's that's during like a – during a six-month period, you'll probably be out – you'll probably see at least six, seven places. And you're out to sea for 30 to 40 days straight. Um, and then yeah, you get to pull in for a couple of days, which is nice. What are then? What are then days when you're just out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the ocean, like man? Uh, you <laughs> know what? Pretty, pretty calm. Pretty. Do you get a little anxiety? Do you? You know, not not really. I I think you just get used to your. You you have such a routine when you're while you're while you're working. Um, and it's just like an everyday life. You realize like it's really a uh big city i mean it's a little city on a boat pretty much yeah you see tough. the same people every day you go to your workspace you get off you work you go work out you go eat you go hang out with friends um and then you go to sleep and you go back to work the next day um i mean from time to time you get to look out out to the sea you just see nothing but water man it's I mean, it, it's kind of boring to be honest. So. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, cause, I mean, basically, it'd be just like looking out into the an empty field or like looking out in the plains. You know, it's just yeah, an oasis of whatever you look at that just seems to go on forever. Yeah, it's it's nothing but water, man. It's it's really not nothing to look at. Do you guys ever have any crazy like uh, turbulence and like or crazy waves or you have to deal with anything like that? Or are you guys pretty stable on those big ass battleships? Uh, you know what? For being on a carrier. You don't really feel it too much. There was only one time in my career where I remember feeling like the waves, and it was like really, really hard. And I remember walking down. They call it the P way, and I remember walking down, and I remember like going from like walking down, walking from one side, and then going to the other side. And but that was like one time. But yeah, for the most for the most part, man, like you're you don't feel anything. Pretty stable, then. All right. Yeah. All right, so you described a pretty like a, a basically you you uh, you described what I'm, my next question was going to be earlier when you talked about the Fukushima reactor going off. Uh, my next question is: Describe your first oh shit moment and where you were like, oh fuck, what the fuck did I get myself into? Gabriel, you kind of talked a little bit about that. Do you have another one, maybe, or do you want to elaborate a little bit more on on what that felt like? You know, when you heard that announcement go on over the announcement. And you were like, oh, shit, it's going down. And, you know, and then as you guys pulled up, you know, that had to have been a separate experience in itself. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I've actually had a couple of those shit moments uh, when I was in. Uh, I remember my first deployment. We were we were out in Hong Kong and um, we were out there for four days. On the third day, I guess there was a um, there was a I think it was a, a tsunami in the Philippines. And I remember they called everybody back onto the boat 
so everybody had to like rush back onto the boat. Everybody, they, they called us back and I was like, Oh, I guess this is real. Like, you know, we got, we actually got to go back and go help them out. Um, but that was, that was a cool experience. Like I remember being able to, um, you know, hop out with supplies and go, go hop out the people of the Philippines, uh, give them supplies. And then I remember, uh, I think it was on my third deployment. We were pulling into Bahrain. No, not Bahrain. It was Dubai. We were pulling into Dubai and we were probably about two miles out. And, uh, we see like these boats coming at us and they're, uh, they have Saudi Arabian flags. And so when you're on the boat, like you, there's a certain amount of feet, like, like the boat can pull in or somebody can pull into you before you're, you can engage in like either talking to them to tell them to stop. You could tell them to, uh, before you engage in any type of like, it's like a red, yellow, green zone. Yeah. In the green zone, they're in warnings, but they're in the yellow. You like start aiming at them. And then if you're in red, you shoot, you shoot them. Uh, Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, but I remember I was in security during that time, and I remember like, oh man, we got everybody's got to man up the two forties, we got to man up the fifty cal, and I was like, oh shit, oh, like, shit. yeah, that was like, that was an actual oh shit, oh shit moment. I was like, man, we're gonna, I'm gonna actually probably have to shoot a gun, you know? Did you? You <laughs> <laughs> didn't fire one was, off. He's like, motherfucker, <laughs> <laughs> what's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> you were but, like that yeah, guy yeah, don't yeah. drink your juice in the hood when he pulled out the fucking launcher out the back <laughs> do we have a problem that's how a game would be bro fuck yeah Get sideways America bitches <laughs> bald eagle flies over but yeah that, <laughs> yeah that just I mean they pulled up to a certain amount of feet and then like they had to turn away but yeah man I was like sweating bullets like I remember man in a uh, 240 and I was just like I was like please don't let me like have to like uh, in reality like, it's like yeah you want to but and there's some type of feeling you're like man I, I really don't want to do this but if I have to do it you know America so <laughs> yeah dude, I know I know exactly what that's like <laughs> Sean why don't you tell us uh, what's your oh shit or what the fuck moment uh, I have a lot of those I had a couple of those I uh, was in like maybe from um, 2012 to 2016. And out of three of those years, I spent the whole time in Bahrain and then traveling around that the Middle Eastern like AOR. So after I like worked my way up in the ranks, I got picked up by anti-terrorism. And basically what my main career field was, was designing defensive layouts. So I had to get like heavy equipment operating license. Sean, is that like making bases on Clash of Clans? Actually, yeah, kind of. A little bit. I'm fucking good. No, you might be, dude. Um, like, probably... I- <laughs> See, I, I thought I was good because I grew up playing this game called Warcraft and you would like build like oh, bases sh- and like yes! armies and shit. Uh, yeah. Real RTS games, bro. That's what I'm saying, yeah. It's high intelligence, high IQ stuff, you know? I mean, that, that's See, not See, Dad, me. I wasn't wasting time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it, anyways, back to anti-terrorism. I was the only guy yes. on the crew who... Uh, yeah, Frank, had, shut up. Um, yeah. Yeah, Frank. Uh, I apologize. I apologize. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. Don't apologize to that guy. Come on now. Uh, she's going to choke me out. Like, on Monday, you know? <laughs> and 
That's all right, man. I'm his little cousin. I get used to it all the time. Just He'll point right. your 50 cal his way, man. <laughs> For sure. So anyways, I was going to go out the forklift license or like a, high, uh, a heavy equipment license. So there's this, on the base I lived on, there was this gate that all the merchants would come through. Basically all this stuff that would come through that they would sell on the, in the shops and in the restaurants on base. And that was the only gate they would come through. And they had, everything would always come from out of town. Well, like in the city of Manama, Bahrain. So it's always like outside vendors. You don't know where it's coming from. So a dog would always sweep it, obviously, obviously to make sure there's no bombs. Mm. So when a dog finds, like smells something it's used to, it sits. And that's what the dog's trained to do. So anyways, I'm like three months before I'm about to get out of the military. I'm fucking checked the fuck out. Like, I'm like, I'm on cruise control right now. I'm doing the bare fucking minimum to get through my day without getting yelled at. Because I, I know I'm out. I'm out of the military. And this truck pulls through the trading post, little area, and a dog goes through to sweep it and it sits. What does that mean? Shit. That means it smells awesome. a bomb. so with how it works is they bring another dog that hasn't been training that day to see if it's like you know just the other dog was tired they bring that dog and it sniffs and it sits so then they bring that dog back and they bring the the one that just sniffed again came back sniffed boom he sat again so now we have three confirmations that there's possible ied or like some kinds of explosive device on this truck this truck happened to be carrying just shit you'd buy in the grocery store. Alcohol, food, cereal, like whatever it is, you know, just the basics. So EOD shows up to this area and they identified the crate in which they think the explosive device is going to be in. But the problem is with this, the trading post, little the trading little gate that they came in is very narrow and it's hard for EOD to get in and like actually see what's going on. EOD is the guys who defuse bombs. And do they wear those big-ass fucking suits? Yeah, when it comes down to it. They, that's only when they defuse, but most, they went and did their, like, little survey, and everyone evacuated that area. Like, you always have, like, an estimate to, like, how much, how big the bomb is and stuff like that. You always want to, like, create, like, little layers. And oh, people set up little outposts and shit to, like, you know, like a little command outpost. So all that's going on. I'm still on cruise control. I think I was like hiding in my office, like watching fucking uh, some dinosaur movie. I don't know. <laughs> like I'm hearing all this on the radio, but I'm like, fuck, I'm John check the fuck out. Like as long as they don't, they don't need me. I don't need to be there. So EOD is like, we need somebody to remove all the boxes around that crate so we can get in there. So the only one who was qualified to do that apparently was me. Oh, so I get called Damn. by my, my first class, actually, who was there, who called me out in front of like the commanding officer was like, oh, I know a fucking guy who's like skilled in this and all this, blah, blah, blah. So he's the one who called me out. He's the one who's like, yeah, this guy can do it. Did and you I'm beat like, the crap out of him afterwards? No, no, I got, I got a lot. To, oh. I, I'm not going to say his name, but he was not a good <laughs> character, man. Not a good character, man. That doesn't sound like a good guy. Well, anyways, he brought, <laughs> so I end up showing up. Sounds like a piece of shit, actually. <laughs> hey, that's what he gets for moving boxes so well, man. <laughs> hey, bro, I, I guess, you know. I'm a fork Bro, if they bro. needed a box mover, I could have helped them out. That's what I did in the military, bro. <laughs> 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 I got you, Sean. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. So I get there to, like, the little command outpost. 
and they debrief me on what's going on. And this is when I get caught up to speed. And my first class who called me out was like, yeah, that's the guy. He's got this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, here's a forklift key. They gave me like access to whatever forklift I wanted. So I just grabbed like a random one, did all that, got the debrief. And I'm like, hey, I look at my first class and I'm like, hey, bro, I need you to come spot me. I need to like, if I'm going to do this shit, because at that point, it was like what Gabe said earlier. I was like, well, fuck it, America, you know, like, like, this is what I signed up for. I mean, if it blows up, I'm going to die instantly. That bad, right? You hope. You know, like, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I asked my first class, I'm like, hey, man. I want this to be okay. Everyone's evacuated out of the, out of the area, the explosive area. I'm going to go out there, which is like probably 400 yards from the nearest person, you know, because they're expecting an explosion. And I'm like, I need someone there to like guide the forks in. So I don't like hit it at all. You know, like it's hard. Have you ever driven a forklift? It's like really hard yeah. to like see. Nah, bro. We're Mexican, dude. We do everything by hand. <laughs> <laughs> So the first class looks at me and he was like, no. And I was like, you motherfucker, you're going to risk my life, but you won't do, you won't even be out there to like spot me, like to make sure like everything goes okay. And then like all the other like higher officers and stuff look at him. And then he was just like, no, I don't really know anything about that. So I think you you should probably do it by yourself. Oh, that that bitch made dude. In front of everyone. Are you Mexican by any way, by any chance? Nah, man, I was a I'm, a, I'm a white boy, but I grew up, oh, okay, there, so, you know. Because that's probably some shit that would happen to us, just letting you know. That's how we feel. <laughs> nah, bro, you're brown. Go for it. You got it. <laughs> so anyways, I was like, fuck, man. But you know what he did offer? He was like, here, take the hard hat just in case. Oh, <laughs> I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's that's what I need. Make sure my heart hat's on. Oh. Like, oh, I, I changed my mind. He's not a piece of shit, Sean. <laughs> yeah. You're you're safe, bro. You're yeah. safe. Uh, I'll give him that. So once you got that force field around yourself, then what happened? Well, an actually this guy named Chief Long. He's an outstanding leader. He's been through it all, man. He went like multiple combat tours. A lot of He's just like what you think, like the the sailor, the idea of a sailor is, you know, like tattooed, like dip Popeye. in the mouth, like spit out, like just yeah, Popeye, dude, that was fucking Popeye. Jesse, the this man straight up called that. Yeah, this man just straight straight up called out my first class, and he was like, "I got you, Hamilton. I'll spot you." And this man he has, pulled out his binoculars. Nah, dude, he walked right next to me, bro. He took off his like his blouse, the top piece of your uniform and all that. And he told me Damn. to like take mine off. He was like, get as relaxed as you possibly can. Wait, wait, wait. Are we talking are we still talking about the bomb thing or was this something going <laughs> this on? This is the bomb thing, man. Oh, the bomb okay. thing. All right. Taking out blouses. Taking out yeah, blouses, man. You gotta You said typical it, Navy hey. sailor, man. Yeah, typical <laughs> Navy sailor, dude. Yeah, he is. Hey, his name's long, man. right? Isn't that his last name, Long? That is his last name. There you go. Mr. Long Sailor, dude. (laughs) Salty. He was salty, too. It's getting steamy up in here. There's a lot of spices out there. Yeah, Yeah, so we end up going out there, and I unload each and every single crate, like, one at a time, just – and that's when it really hit me. I started getting closer and closer to the crate that they said, like, the, the possible, you know, explosive device was in. And 
every crate I got closer, man, I just started having that like, what the fuck am I doing here, dude? Like, I I could possibly die within the next couple seconds. Like, and these all these thoughts like start going through your head, and then you start like, I haven't even bagged my first Gmail yet. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, <laughs> I had so much more I wanted to do in life. Like, but how, I, how do you handle that? Like, how do you, like, seriously, dude? That's like the ultimate, dude. Like, how do you how do you even like steady your like? I don't I don't even know. Like, how do you do that? So Navy training, not even Navy training. Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I I remember uh, my chief just like talking me through a lot of it, and um, a lot of it was just like I was so like locked up in my mental battle of like holy shit, what's going on? That I was just on cruise control with the fucking forklift, man. Like I was just like easy in, easy out. Like put it to the side, go and grab the next one. Easy in, easy We're out. We're still talking about home. the ID, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> easy in, easy out. Yep. Dude, Keeping a common so theme here. That's We're fucking crazy. That is insane, dude. How long so what did, did what did it end up being? Yeah, what happened? Well, when we finally got down to like the last two, the EOD chief. So now a third guy comes down, and he's just like, "I can't let you do this. Neither one of you guys are like specialists in this kind of shit." I have to be here if someone if something happens. And I was like, damn, dude, you're a badass motherfucker. Are you trying to die <laughs> yeah. with us? All right, cool. Meet you in Valhalla, whatever. Uh, Fucking... You think he could have said that like maybe 30 boxes before? I don't know, man. It was, it was about 30. God. You came out now? Now that I'm at the last one? We're at the fourth quarter, bro? Yeah. Reels, dude, for reals. I moved oh. the last two out of the way. And then the EOD chief that's right there, he was like, hey, man, can you move the actual crate to over here in case it goes off? It won't damage any of the base. And I was like, okay. I don't know why I said that, but I was like, like in my head, I was like, fuck no, that's insane. Why the fuck would I do that? But then when he asked me that, like all heroic and shit, and like, you know, I was just like, hell yeah, I got Wait, this. Wait, was, was the dude, wind blowing and the like wind was staring blowing, off in the, into the, to the I heard I heard an American eagle just, you know, like us. Like, Sean, put, Sean took a drag of his cigarette, picked up that box, put the forklift and drive, let it go like five seconds and then jumped off and let it keep going. <laughs> No, nah, that's what I would have done for sure. Though. Oh, dude, I that was after it. he Trust tossed me. his safety helmet. Get you! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I never put on that fucking helmet, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know it right now. <laughs> Fuck that, dude. <laughs> I, I drove off flipping that dude off. By the way, I would have done a little more than that. But I was you're, about to you're, say, so, man, you're a better man than I am, Sean. Better man than I am. I unload that. I do what they asked me to do, and I set it down. And I put like the forks all the way down to the ground and I put the thing apart and I sh- just leave the keys in, turn it off and I just walk away and I just walk right past the command post. I don't say shit to anyone, dude. I just take up, like take off, put back on my blouse, just go straight back to like my little office area. And I sat down and I was just like, fuck. And that's when it hit me. That's when it all, like what you were talking about, the oh shit moment happened. So like, you were able to like decompartmentalize for a while. Like you, you were able to like. I don't. I wasn't emotion. on command. 
It wasn't on command. It just happened. You were like on autopilot, dude. That's what it seems like. And then afterward, then it kind of sat, sank in is what you're saying. Yeah. Bro, that's like, bro, that's like the same shit, same fucking feeling I had when I went for my SF physical and I had to get like the fucking anal uh, check and everything. That's exactly (laughs) how I felt afterwards. I sat in the the corner just contemplating life, man. Just like, God (laughs) damn. Just got an anal SF. God, now I know how the Navy feels. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so what was in that crate? Like, what did they find after all? So what turned out to be is someone from the training department left on bomb stickers. Bomb stickers are used for training dogs. And they allow them, like, to literally smell like it smells of bomb. So oh. one of the training left that under the truck. That was done That's on who you dog. need to whoop. That's who you need to kick ass right there. Yeah, it wasn't a real threat, but at the time, holy shit, was it like just the scariest feeling. And I, I lived over there for so long and I dealt with so many like random threats like that. Like, I mean, like random little threats, but that was like the realest one to me to personally. Damn. Fuck. Shit. <laughs> That's fucking hey, insane, qu- man. Question for you, Sean. Uh, so how did you feel when that dog, like, you know, you brought the, the one dog, he sits down. And then the second dog comes over and confirms it. How, I mean, how did those people feel? Like, you're already been confirmed once. So now you have, you're, you're bringing your dog because there's a good possibility. And then that guy that you said the third guy comes again for a third check. Yeah. Like, how does that feel? I guess that's the moment where it's like, oh, shit, this is real. Like, oh, this is, this is the time to react, you know? Like, everyone, you go through so much training in the military and it's – it's boring as fuck, but it has its purpose. And this is like when it actually like comes into play, you do everything what you're told to do. You just, you know, create that yeah. little area, make evacuate that everything just kind of falls in all falls into play, man. Like you kind of got to rely on like the people around you at that point, even though you probably hate most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Especially that piece of shit that volunteered you. Yeah, dude, that guy was not a cool man. Not not Chief Long though. Chief Long was cool. Chief Long sounds cool as fuck. Chief Long is the coolest <laughs> motherfucker out there, bro. He's a real one. Shout out, Chief Long. Thank <laughs> you for keeping my friend Sean alive. And if you're listening to this, hit us up. We could uh, definitely give you a couple questions. About <laughs> the blouse, for sure. Yes. What type of detergent <laughs> do you use on blouses? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, so... Um, I'm going to send this out to, to, uh, Gabe first. So, um, so how did military life, how did everything you learned in the military, how did that prepare you for uh, real life now? Now, once you got out of the military, um, I think the biggest thing was like being on time to stuff, man. Um, just being responsible, taking responsibility for, for everything, you know, everything you do. Um, I noticed everywhere, like any type of job I have, Besides jujitsu, uh, I'm pretty early, you know. Um, I'm, I'm pretty on time. I'm always like 15 minutes early to to wherever I have to go to, and I think that's like the biggest thing for me. It's like I just I've just learned to hold myself accountable for everything, and then not only that, like working when if I had to work on a team, like it's it's an easy thing for me to do. Like I I know like I know how to collaborate with people and to be able to work with them. Are you so, Gabe? Are you going to be the guy that just puts his name on the paper and takes the A at the end of the group project? Oh, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm the I'm like the 
the the guy that's taking the D, bro. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know long too? He's passing. Am I? This this podcast is full of innuendos, man. I don't know. Taking the D from long. All right. We should start an OnlyFans page with this fucking dude. Yeah. Well, you guys want Lamborghinis or what? <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. That's all right. Let's do it. All right. What What about you, man? What uh? What would you uh what did the military prepare you for um for me honestly it was the military getting out was a really hard transition because i lived in bahrain for so long and i just did like that thing and i never came back to to the u.s i stayed over there and then i took my leave and i went to different countries i just took it to like travel nice where'd you go dude oh i went to uh i backpacked across norway for a bit uh went to thailand for a bit backpacked a little bit through thailand spent like a couple of days in germany a couple of days in like italy like not a couple of days like a day or two in each one of those spent like a day in turkey obviously i've been all around the middle east as in qatar kuwait dubai what was your favorite yeah, place must be nice man favorite place was probably yeah. norway dude Norway. Yeah. Norway is an absolutely beautiful country, and everyone there is very welcoming, and all the people are just absolutely beautiful. So you're saying there's a lot of hot ass dudes over there, then? Uh, dude, it makes me mad. <laughs> Damn. I'm sure you fit right in, dude. Shut up. Nah, man, not even those. Are, that's like that Viking blood over there, dude. They're all tall. Man, fuck those guys. What's that? Dude. Hey, we're all the same height and we're laying down. Man, I went to this bar one time in Newport with my friends and I fucking felt like a hobbit because everybody was like, way the fuck up there, man. That's whatever. It is a fuck. Some got better jeans than others. Hey, be like, have you ever seen Lord of the Rings? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, next question. Um, <clears throat> do you guys feel that there's diff- uh, beef between different branches? Mm, I, I think one thing we can all agree, man, is the Coast Guard's not a real military, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what are those guys Shout out do, to man. those puddle pirates out there. Oh, puddle pirates. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there's, I don't think there's like, real beef but there's definitely like that there's definitely that friendly beef between like because i remember when i was on the boat we we used to have marines on our, on the boat that were stationed with us and um you know we every once in a while like you just you just talk shit to each other so there there is definitely always that like playful shit talking and um yeah i, I def- definitely think that's uh one of the fun parts about being in the military is like just talking shit to the other uh the other branches you know hey like hey you know navy's better than this than, than you or marines are better than you guys and so on you know so i, I definitely think there's that playful right. playful uh fighting for sure always trying to one-up each other yeah somehow. for sure uh one thing that we'll, i want to get your guys' take one thing we talked about because uh when we had chris and henry on Chris and cousin Anna are both army and um, Henry was Navy. And so Henry was talking about, I asked Henry what's his favorite food to eat when he was on the ship. And he said, chicken cordon bleu. And cousin Anna is like, 
fuck. I got like fucking tuna and crackers. <laughs> He's like, you got At least fucking- I thought it was tuna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, you got an animal? <laughs> you know? He was like that one kid in that in that movie where he goes, You guys are getting paid? Remember uh, when they go oh, on a trip to smuggle drugs back in? Yeah, uh, I know you're talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> What's uh, your guys' take on Navy food? Thumbs up, uh, thumbs down, disappointed. Bro, uh, it's definitely thumbs up. When you're when you're on the way, when you're out to sea, dude, we would get. I remember they would give us uh, literally steak and lobster every Saturday. What the? What? Are you my life? Oh, that's like officer bro. shit, though, isn't it? Huh? Not is that more for officers? Dude, have you nah, seen dude, that was that was they gave us it every Saturday. We were out in the Gulf. Uh, uh, man, nice. Dude, they they definitely spoiled us when we were out there. I so mean, we, I, but I mean, honestly, are you really surprised when you're saying like, "Oh, we went on deployment, deployment"? He's like, "Oh, I went to Hong Kong. I went right? to the Bahamas." <laughs> dude, Henry was yeah. telling us. Henry was telling us when he would get deployed that they would call them booze cruises. <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 you can't drink on the ship, though. Oh, so, uh, that's the one argument? <laughs> bro, you can't drink on the ship, man. Bro, you, you, you party with something like the Australian Navy and then, like, the English Navy, dude. They allow beer on the ships, man. So they'd be out there in the middle of the sea just getting trashed like old school pirates, dude. Yeah, that's actual true story, man. Um, I remember when we had a thing called – it's called the Rimpat. And we meet up with, um, I think it's the Australian Navy, the British Navy, and uh, there's like one more. But I remember asking them, I was like, hey, like, what's it like on the ship? They're like, oh, man, like, we got beer on the ship. We're allowed two two beers a day. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> dude, we don't get any type of beer. They're giving us beer that's old duels, bro. And we uh... have to be out to sea for 45 days straight. Oh, we're out in fucking. We're out in the desert for a year with Odul's. <laughs> I wish we had thirty days of no no beer. Man, this guy. I'm sorry, cuz calm down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I need. A, I need another beer. I need another beer. Ooh, we not, I'm sorry, not bro. in the we desert get, no more, cuz. Hey, steak and lobster, bro. I'm just saying that's why Navy's better, bro. I, hey, you ain't lying. You ain't lying. Because every time we would come around you guys, we always made sure followed you guys like little dogs. We follow you guys wherever you guys are going to go eat because we knew you guys were going to have some good food or something. True, man. Did you guys get garlic butter with that lobster tail? Dude, they would give us like these um, little potato things that had like this butter and. Um, so bomb. Oh, man. I forgot what else. But it was. I don't even know what it was. It was like a potato. And it has some type of butter in it, and it was fucking amazing, man. Gabe, do you think that they still give steak and lobster on Saturdays? I I hope they do, because if, if I, they don't, man, I just signed I, up I for six years. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they they would give us like steak and lobster, and they would have these things called ice cream socials, dude, where they would have like ice cream. I, um, ice cream oh, we socials. Had in, we had those in kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> We would go Best have part, ice cream man. with the class next door. Yep. Ice cream. It, it was so good, man. Fucking cool. Yeah. Oh, ship ship life was not, it's not, it was, it's born because you're just constantly out to sea and you want to go out and, you know, have a drink. 
But you know what? It's it's not that bad, man. <laughs> Just take the lobster. It was terrible. I didn't have that. Yeah. So bad, man. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna. So um, what did go... you do with your scarf during this? Time? That's what I <laughs> what yeah. did you do with your oh, scarf? Shit. Here we go with the scarf. <laughs> Henry was talking about. We were t- cousin. I was talking about how uh, during boot camp he was in Missouri and he experienced snow for the first time. And he put on all the gear they gave him, and it wasn't enough to keep him warm. And Henry was like, well, you know, when I was out in so-and-so, I had to wrap my scarf around me and grab my Pico and walk out to the chow hall. And because it's like, you had a fucking scarf? <laughs> hey, dude, we do get a shoot a scarf, bro. It's a nice-ass oh, scarf. Do, man. <laughs> Because it's a little sour on that. <laughs> uh, so hey, I'm the gonna... nice as fuck too, dude. <laughs> it was cashmere. <laughs> yeah, probably. It was only seventy uh. percent cashmere, though, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Barely cashmere. Yeah. Only twenty percent uh. more. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna move on to the next question before cousin Ant has an aneurysm. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, I'll, we can start with Gabers. Gabers, um, what do you wish civilians knew or would practice that is normal for military life? That, like, I'm, really what I'm trying to say here is what is it about people that never did a day of military life that just annoys the shit out of you that you wish people would stop doing? Ooh. Hmm. Man, I got one. Question. I'll let Sean Sean answer first on that one. Yeah, go for it, Sean. Henry mentioned he hates how sometimes non-military people speak on behalf of military people. Like, they they have a say-so in in what you guys have done. Oh, yeah. Like, my my brother is in the military, so So I know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think my biggest one, dude, is um, the whole... 22 push-ups for veteran suicide it's like if i was feeling suicidal and stuff like that and you came up in front of me and started doing push-ups i'd you know i'd probably want to shoot myself even more (laughs) so when you go through like you're scrolling through like your instagram feed and you see these people like you know for the one day of the year that they actually care about veteran suicide they post picture you know the 22 push-ups or whatever i get it it's for like spreading awareness and i'm all for spreading awareness to help somebody out but instead of doing like 22 pushes for you know veteran suicide why not just call someone you know or talk to them reach out to 22 veterans yeah i mean difference that that makes a a ton of a difference to go talk to someone if they're feeling a certain way than just be like hey i support you by doing watch me do these push-ups and especially if it becomes like an it becomes like one of those instagram things where everyone just wants likes and follows you know for sure and they're just like look at me do these push-ups like look at me i got a buddy who calls that humble brag look at what i'm doing i'm paying for somebody's groceries bitch you Uh, don't gotta tell us about it just fucking do it yeah exactly yeah (laughs) Uh, okay okay yeah Yeah. just talk to talk to somebody or you know in that kind of way Mm. yeah that's a good point man i I agree with you i I can totally see that yeah um, so I, I think one thing that probably more annoys me than anything else is like when you talk to somebody like, oh, you know what? I almost joined the military, but they didn't accept me. 
I think that's, that's <laughs> one thing that they'll tell you like this bullshit story of like how they didn't get accepted into the military, but they really wanted to do it. Um, oh, the dudes who would be like, yeah, dude, I, if a drill sergeant got in my face, I would fucking lay him out, dude. Uh, <laughs> no one's yelling at me, bro. Nobody's yeah. yelling at me. I'm now. <laughs> You're just like, shut the fuck up. Those are the same dudes who like getting it, like who talk about street fighting. When you talk about jujitsu, and they're like, "Oh, dude, I don't need to train." Bro, I'm telling you, bro, I'm telling you, I'm unchokable. I'm unchokable. That shit don't work on me, bro. I got these fucking dogs. <laughs> just, I just go red and just bodies drop. Bro. Well, just because dudes, none of this. They think they're unchokable because they got no necks, man. Those are the dudes. Bro, yeah, that's the ninety dudes. day fiance guy. Oh. <laughs> Probably gonna choke him out. I he threw a challenge out. How do you know about 90 Day Fiance? That's what I want to know. I, dude, oh, dude, I, I don't dude. know about that guy, man. <laughs> I just seen that dude out in San Diego like two. No, years. you saw him for reals? Yeah. yeah. Saw him, bro. Does what? he still put mayonnaise in his hair though? <laughs> dude, he was he was putting mayonnaise and he was proposing at the same time. Hey, bro, bro that girl he was with was pretty good looking, dude. Bro, that's Big Ed. You guys don't that's know big about ed. Big Ed, man. You need to go watch that show. Yeah, I'm putting it on the list right now. That and buy a cashmere scarf for myself. <laughs> you got money for that? You better be in the Navy. <laughs> you need Navy money for that. Shit. I'm going to go to a freaking surplus store. That's where I'm going. People don't be reselling their scarves, man. They keep it for life. Not if they're in Navy scarves. They don't yeah. give those away. Any Navy that's out there that's uh, listening to this podcast, you want to donate a scarf? Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, just go just go to the Navy Exchange on base, bro. That's all you got to do. Got to go to Lamar. Uh, yeah, go to Lamar. Because we'll give you a, a costume. <laughs> Fake mustache and glasses. Oh, <laughs> damn. They won't even right. know it's you. Um, next question. Let's start with Sean. Sean, what role has jiu-jitsu played in your civilian life now that you're out of the military? Bro, honestly, I'm going to sound like the corny dude that everyone everyone always says this, and they're like, hey, jiu-jitsu saved my life. They're always like, hey, jiu-jitsu saved my life. I'm going to be that guy and say, like, I, I think jiu-jitsu kind of did save my life in a way. Uh, when I got out of the military, I just didn't know what to do with my life. Like, I was honestly about to just rejoin the Army and go, like, I don't oh, know. Here we go. Yeah, Bro, exactly. you're going to go from the fucking penthouse to the doghouse. <laughs> well, dude, yeah, I, I didn't from know what to green, do, bro. and I I wanted to do some kind of like maybe special forces or special program. Again, so just try it out. Right on. But that was just me being confused and not knowing what the fuck I wanted out of life, man. I like confusing what I wanted out of life. And one of my friends who I actually went to boot camp with. He was stationed in Vacaville, and that's where I was living. I was working for this uh, company where I sold, like, weapon systems and, like, targeting systems and stuff like that. That's related to, like, um, just different types of weapons that you put on ships or, like, security systems. What? Like, for the art for military? Yeah, military are contracting purposes. So I would just – I knew a lot about the programs already through anti-terrorism and, like, a lot of the devices in which they use. So I would basically – I was a salesman from a third-party company that would sell to, like, 
either governments or merchants or, you know, merchant Marines or contractors. There's a lot of people out there that are in. So basically you like work for Stark Industries. I fucking wish. No, I worked for a total asshole. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I hated my fucking life working there. I made a shit ton of money, but I just hated my life. And I had a friend who I went to boot camp with who was actually stationed in the same town I lived in. And he's like, hey, dude, have you heard of jiu-jitsu? And I was like, actually, I have because I did boxing growing up and a little bit of karate. And I did MMA before I joined the military. Not not like much. Not like how I train now. So I was like, sure, fuck it, whatever. I got nothing else to do. Like, let's go. And I ended up going to a grand opening of a jiu-jitsu school and doing the whole class and like rolling, getting my ass kicked. And dude, it just like clicked. I was like, holy fuck man i was like i want to do this for the rest of my life and my buddy was like <laughs> okay no i was like no no seriously dude this is what i want to do like, this is this is insane just to have like it, i don't know man so i i think in that way it's motivated me it guided me away from like dark i don't know dark thoughts dark tendencies and then i ended i was introduced to like a whole different group of friends and yeah just like Led you down a different path. Exactly, dude. A whole total different path, man. I'm a, I'm a completely different person than I, I was in the military. And I can look back and, like, honestly say that. That is a true thing. These past, like, four years since I've done been doing jujitsu, I am a completely different person in and out. That's what's up, man. That's one thing I really I love about jujitsu is that it it it's just you're able to transform, you know what I mean? From the beat. It doesn't matter when, if you if you come in – and you're willing to commit, you know, you, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna come out positive on the other side, man. No matter what. It uh, truly I like sh- that you, yeah. No, go for it, Sean. Continue. I said it truly shows you that like you can do whatever you put your mind to. Like the positions you're putting in jujitsu and the pressure that is on you, and it's just like this high level problem solving. You're like, fuck. If I can do this, if I can escape an armbar, or I can put an armbar on a dude who weighs like. 100 more pounds than me like i can definitely um sean i'm pretty sure that you after having moved fucking bombs that will blow up a fucking (laughs) football stadium you could probably do anything dude it doesn't that was a sticker man it was a sticker god damn it (laughs) i don't know man Uh, i think jujitsu has the way of showing you that more than any other anything else can man that's crazy man that's cool that's cool yeah. that you said that that first class you know you got your ass kicked and and you still made you want to go back you know you you didn't give up you know nah, it, it just put me in that position that i was like i want to be able to do this yeah right you know this what that's incredible that, yeah dude i'm gonna side side note here not to uh take away from this question but when i first started dude i, I never told nobody this nobody knows this except for probably able when I first started, maybe even Eddie, but when I first started, there was a dude at Dethrone back in the day when it was Fresno, AKA, who would fucking wreck me. And he was my size, my weight, except he looked like Ed Shireen. No fucking lie. And he would destroy me every day, dude. And I would just keep going back, keep going back, keep going back, man. So that, that's a powerful message, man. Powerful message. Gabers, what about you? Um, I think the the biggest thing like jujitsu, like the place that kind of holds me is just like a lot of it's just like you know that friendship, that friendship aspect of you know 
I'm, I'm able to do, to challenge myself, but also like really just to chill with my homies, man, you know? Um, like if I'm having a bad day or if I'm having like something's going on, you know, in my life, I, I know like, I'm like, you know what? I, I'm going to go to practice, man. And I think um, a lot of the times you're like, you, you go to practice, you get out of practice and you're like, man, what was I mad for? Like, it's not even right. a big deal. Like, yeah. it puts yeah. everything in perspective. Yeah, for sure. And I, and like, I remember, um, I always know, like, I've, you know, having a couple bad days, like even Victor has told me, he's like, Hey man, just having a bad day. Just, you know, just concentrate on jujitsu, you know, just have fun on the mats. And it's like, yeah, like, I, I think that's like, uh, the biggest thing for me. It's like, whatever I'm going through, like, you, you go to jiu-jitsu, your homies are, like, your your homies are, you're gonna, they're just there to, you know, have fun with you. They're there to roll with you, and like, they don't, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life, like, they're just there to, they're not there to judge you, they're there just to, be like, just to hang out and to... And bring out the best in you. Yeah, for sure. Right, man. So, yeah. Nice. Right. Um... So I kind of related to that too. So what was it about jujitsu in particular that brought you to the mats like that, or that keeps making you go back? Um, it's just the, it's really just like the friendship aspect, man. Mm-hmm. It's the, the friendship aspect and then like challenging myself part of it. Like, like I've always been, um, I grew up like playing sports my whole life. And I've always been competitive, but I've also, like, realized, like, the past few years, like, yeah, as much as I'd like to compete, it's not always about competing. It's really just about evolving, you know, as a person on the mats, like, on and off the mats. And I think that's, like, the the thing that jujitsu constantly shows me, like, like, hey, you got to keep evolving, you got to keep moving. And I realized that with, you know, with life, too, like, Hey, I gotta keep evolving myself. I gotta keep like making myself better. You know, I gotta keep improving in this aspect. And it's the same thing with jujitsu. Like I, I try to relate that, you know, all the time. And I definitely always see that for sure. That's what's up, man. That's a good message. I know I know mm-hmm. that I I kind of feel like I'm let me ask you guys this. You know, since I've been doing jujitsu, like like Sean said, you know, you're in high and cousin Ed, you said it too. When we were on with Chris and Henry, you said that jujitsu has taught you to remain calm in high pressure situations. And when you're in these high pressure situations, your resources are limited, you know, whether it be your oxygen or your strength or yeah. time, maybe you're fighting time. There's 30 seconds left and you're down by an advantage. You need to do something in this tournament. Otherwise you're done, you know, um, yep putting things in perspective and putting you in those high pressure situations just turns you into a greater person, you know, and, and speaking of resources, you know, when you're in the middle of a match or when you, when you have limited resources, you realize what you can and you cannot do. And so kind of when I'm in a match, I'm like, what, why am I using this energy right now? I need to slow down. Cause I'm going to run out of this, you know, just like when I'm in real life, in my real life, in my day to day. And if, if I'm at work and I'm doing something and I feel like I'm wasting my energy, I just kind of think like, what am I doing right now? Do I need to keep doing this? Or could I use this time and this energy to do something differently? Do you guys ever think like that? Uh, I'll take away from you. But like how I think of jujitsu is more of like, I've 
like it was funny that Gabriel said he did sports his whole life. For me, I did jujitsu. I mean, I did video games my whole life. I played video games growing up all the time, man. And to me, jujitsu is like the ultimate video game, bro. But you're playing with your body and you're learning all these different moves and combinations and you're just trying to like defeat your next opponent. And that does like come to play what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree, man. Like, like what, like, just the game. It's like it's playing chess. I mean, I, yeah, you, yeah, you hear it all the time, but it really, it's playing chess with your limbs. You know, for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree a hundred percent. Gabers, anything you want to add to that? No, like I, I definitely agree with you know, like jujitsu. Like, <clears throat> sorry, yeah, um, go for it. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, there's. You know, when you're when you're put in these high pressure situations, like yeah, you, you do learn like I said, that's why I was saying um, you know, the about the part about evolving, you know, you, you realize like when you're going through high pressure situations in life, like it's just like jujitsu, like you have limited resources of what you can do and you have to use those resources. Um and it's the same thing with in jujitsu, like yeah, you you have to use what you what whatever space you have you know or whatever like whatever you have access to yeah absolutely and it, it is like a absolutely like a chess game so yeah i, I definitely agree with you guys man life is a chess game bro all right <laughs> all right uh we got one last question for you guys because you got another question yeah, actually, I do. Actually, I do. Uh, being that <clears throat> both Sean and Gabe are, are both Navy, want to get your experience. So we had uh, Henry on um, just the other day, and he was telling us a story about how um, he remembers, you know, when he was on the ship for the first time. It was like I think it's one of his oh shit moments, and uh, he was talking about how he was, you know, in in the his bunk or whatever you guys call it. Um, and he, you know, he's laying there and everything and, you know, going to sleep. And it was like his first time, his first experience, you know, sleeping on the ship and everything. And he, and he looks over and he sees his buddy or his, I guess you like, you guys have, you guys sleep next to each other or something like that. Um, but he sees his, what's that? Oh, okay. So, uh, maybe Gabe, maybe you have a little more experience with this. And so uh, he had a friend that was next to him, and he kept seeing the blanket moving and everything. And just kind of, uh, you know, this is a common. Some, you know, taking in some extracurricular activities. Some mental jujitsu, you know, going on there. Uh, <laughs> little hand to hand. Wondering combat. if that's like commonplace for you. But you know what? Like, like, like it was saying earlier, you got to use the resources you have, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's definitely it's definitely common on the ship for sure. Uh, you definitely you you have like it's called uh your the little space you sleep in looks like a coffin, man. And uh-huh. you have a little light above you, and you just have a curtain. You have like these two curtains that you oh, know, the curtains closed. Don't look over the curtains. Open, <laughs> you want to get exotic? You leave that curtain open. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> curtain closed. Light off. Curtain open. Light so, off. So, I'm saying. So do you like? Do you look at him in the eye when this is going on? As long as you don't cross that threshold, or like, how does that work? <laughs> you know what? You, you, you just let you let that person be, man. <laughs> you just, just gotta do what you gotta do. 
you don't like try and wipe the sweat or anything or you know, <laughs> hey man give him a compliment hey keep going man you're good you're good <laughs> yeah, you give, give a little tap on on the rack and say hey keep good going, job bro. buddy you know, <laughs> you don't correct their technique real quick. Need the throne. All right, last last question for you guys. Um, so, um, what do you th- what do you wish that? And, and this is coming from you know another military person. What do you what do you guys wish, or what do you guys think about um, you, what you would like everyone out that hasn't experienced being in the military? What do you what do you wish, or what do you want them to know about veterans? Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're just as human as, as anybody else, man. We, we're just as normal as, as everyone else out there, man. Uh, I think uh, a lot of the times people have this uh, perception, like they have this uh, thought of military people to be like, to be like these really brave people. And yeah, like, yeah, it, it, it is a lot, some bravery that, it takes to join the military but at the end of the day like i feel like anybody can do it man i feel like anybody can be in the military and you know you know be able to answer that call that you know the that that they need so whatever the military needs i think so i think you're being too (laughs) modest dude it it is a big deal to to volunteer and give yourself up i mean cousin ant touched on it on the last episode um I mean, you're signing up. Yeah, maybe you're saying, yeah, I don't know what I want to do and I want to do something with my life, but you're giving up time with your family. You're giving up time with your friends. You're giving up time to that. You could have done something completely different. You know what I mean? So we we appreciate what you did, Sean and, and Gabers, you know what I mean? And Cousin Ann, you yeah. know, we love you guys, man. And and we thank you for it because not everybody's cut out for that. So, I mean, like I said, I feel like you're just being way too modest, man. It's a big deal. Yeah, man, I would have noped the fuck out of that situation with the fucking with the forklift. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what you can uh, do nope. with that, partner? <laughs> you think I'm fucking stupid, huh? <laughs> Alfonso would only speak Spanish at that point. Hey, no, 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 Motherfucker, you were speaking English at the chow just a little Will you ask for five plates of bacon? <laughs> Sean, anything you want to add to uh, what you wish most people knew about veterans? Uh, not that I can really, like, think of the top of my head, like Gabe was saying, just normal people. I mean, some veterans are going through more struggles than others, and some veterans are just normal people. Like, every veteran, quote-unquote, has had different experiences going through the military just look at me and Gabe we were both in the military but I was never I, I mean we were in the same branch and I had a completely different experience than he did so I don't know maybe some veterans need more patience than others I guess that's what I would think so you never know what someone's been through just you know don't judge a book by its cover yeah right. yeah you never right. know man that's for sure that's for sure alright cause anything you want to add Fonz anything you want to add or ask Alphonse, you got something? No, I don't. Go ahead, man. I I got I got one last question, and this is probably this is come you know this is from me to you, Frank, cousin Frank, and Alfonso. Um, you know, you've had we've had these episodes. We you got to talk to you know the guys and everything about you know military and life and everything. Like you know, after all, hearing all the stories and and listening to you know the their perspectives and everything. What it? I mean, how do you guys feel about? you know, Veterans Day and, you know, your friends that have served and the, the stories that they tell. 
what comes to mind for you guys? I feel like we should be doing more over here, man. Like, I feel bad that you guys have given up and sacrificed. You guys have sacrificed so much, and then you guys come back, and you're not treated the way that you should be treated. You know, Sean said that whenever he wants to go to the doctor on the base, he just goes and gets his medicine, and that's it. He wants, he's hungry. He goes and gets whatever he wants to eat. But there's people that are back here who did all kinds of stuff, you know, and they don't even have a freaking ramen, you know, they don't even have a roof over their head. How the fuck does that happen, dude? I, I, to me, I'm just, I'm blown away. And that, to me, that's such a slap in the face, you know, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, man. I I, like, it it makes me want to cry. Like, I mean, I mean, I don't want to get all sentimental, but I mean, my cousin, I know he's got some back issues and I, and I know he's in constant pain, you know, and, and I had to take him to the VA one time and I, and I saw the treatment that he got and I was like, are you fucking serious? This is what they do. He's like, every time this is no, man, that's not right. That needs yeah. to change, you know? So for me that you guys need to be treated better once you're back. That's what we're saying. If they're so eager to get you guys to sign up, they should be just as eager to accept you when you're back. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. And get us a scarf when we get out. <laughs> At a fucking minimum, dude. We're, we're, we're going to, we're going to start a foundation, man. Uh, scarves yeah. for all veterans. That's, that's what I'm going to yep. call Scarves for veterans. hundred percent cashmere when you get out. Will do. <laughs> I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> scarves for vets. Let's start a GoFundMe. Arts for vets, man. All right, all right, Fonzo. Uh, just I, I mean, I, I, that's it, man. I, I can't disagree with everything you said. Everything was exactly the way I feel, man. It just, it, it's true. It just, I, I feel like we could be doing more, you know. And um, you know, it's not just a, like one day. It's not just Veterans Day. Like it's, it's, it's all the time. You know what I mean? Like you guys did amazing things out there. Things that. I couldn't even think about doing or like how, like I said, I still don't understand how, how you would even get into like the mindset of like, shit, I got to move these crates and one of them has a bomb. Like, I don't know how I would mentally be able to do it, you know? And that's the kind of shit where I'm like, fuck, I'm happy that there's people out there that do, you know, who can do that kind of shit. So I think everyone's capable of that. In my opinion, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You know what, you know what, Alfonso? Sean, that Uh, guy that gave you the helmet wasn't down. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Not that guy. (laughs) Uh, But for every one of those, there's like, I think three or four of us good ones, man. Like, and you never know what you're capable of until you really get put put yourself in that. You're right. You know, that position. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be surprised, Alfonso. I mean, uh, one of the deployments I was on, um, we were, we are in, um, we were in Missoula at the time, and I remember, you know, uh, coming across two dead bodies on the side of the road, and they were just, you know, young guys. I remember thinking about, you know, my cousin Frank, you know, at the time, and, and me, because, um, like, so we, you know, we we're we we're going down this route, and and I remember seeing these, you know, two bodies on the side of the road, and we were in a uh, in an armored patrol. We were doing a route clearance at the time, mm-hmm. and um, you know, one of the jobs, one of the trains that we did, you know, um, in school and everything like that. Uh, was clearing bodies for IEDs. And so, you know, uh, you know, I got down on the ground and had to low crawl to this, you know, body, you know, and, and check it before I could even do it. Obviously they're dead, you know, but before I'm going to let my guys get down, 
I need to make sure that it's clear. So my guys are inside this up-armored vehicle. I'm on the ground. I crawl over to the, one of the bodies. I lay on it with the idea of, you know, just like they train us, if it does go off, at least this body's going to take the brunt of it yeah. and roll, you know, roll it to let, you know, the guys in the vehicle see underneath it to see if it's clear and then roll to this other body and do the same thing. And you don't really think about it. You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like what Sean said. You, you kind of just, you muscle memory takes over. You go right back to what you're trained to do in the military, you know, when, you know, their mm. trainings and, you know, um, but it, it, it's, you'd be surprised, you know, you'd be surprised yeah. what, you know, you'll, you'll do at that time, you know, for your buddies and stuff, because when you're out there, those, those guys are no longer just some random fool that you've been with. You've been in the suck. You've been out there with them for long periods of time. You know, it's like me being hanging out with Alfonso. Yeah. It's your family, you know? And so it's like, you know, I'm going to do this for Alfonso. I'm gonna do this for Frank. It's the same, that same mental mindset, you know? So uh, I, I commend Sean for doing what you did, man. That's, that's, that's Fuck awesome. Yeah, you came out from going out there and doing that and checking that, you know, putting yourself there, especially like months or weeks before you're going to get out. Like you're on the stretch to go home and yeah. like make it out with no issues, no limbs gone or anything like that. And all of a sudden you get called, put it on the line and you went out there and did it. That's I commend you, man, for that. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of like went in there with that mentality of like, anyone else would do it in that kind of way and then maybe you have to like yeah. kind of tell yourself yeah. that like maybe you're doing this for the good of the world or like anyone else who's good would do the same thing yeah that's awesome good man job, that's yeah. a high pressure situation man yeah all right that's all the time we have for today's episode we hope you enjoyed this double banger uh thank you to everyone that was able to make this uh episode of uh you know a reality we've been thinking about this for a while and we've been cooking it and i'm happy with it man i had so much fun thank you to chris fernando thank you to henry badillo thank you sean thank you gabers for joining us please playboys anything you guys want to add any shout outs you want to give gabers before we head out today um i just want to you know thank you guys for having me um shout out like i said shout out to the homies at rivalry um, and then shout out to all my shipmates that I, I, I was able to serve with, man. Uh, definitely made my time in the military uh, worthwhile for sure. So shout out to them. That's what's up. That's yep. what's up. Thank you, Gabers. Thank you. Sean, anything you want to add, man? Yeah, just uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, it, was, it was really fun, man. Um, Gabe said it best. You know, shout out to everyone, especially in the service, man, and those who are still serving. Man, you guys you guys go through hell, man. It sucks sometimes, but we appreciate you. And uh, saludos. Yeah, man. We appreciate we appreciate the support as well. For sure. Well, glad we glad we you guys were able to join us, man. Um, Fonz, cousin, Ann, anything you just want to add before we head out? Yeah, man. I just want to uh, thank Gabe and Sean for you know taking some time out of their day and you know coming on the show with us and you know just. Uh, want to thank you for your service. Thank you for everything you guys have done. And, uh, you know, and also just want to make a shout out to all, all the veterans and their families out there, you know, cause not just the veterans that are serving, it's the families back home that are, are doing their time too. Oh, for sure. You know, they're ser- they're serving their country, you know, just by supporting their families that are out there. So I just want to thank everybody. Happy veterans day. And thank everybody for, uh, for listening in and, 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 uh, being a part of this. What about you, Alfonso? Yeah, same, man. Just want to thank uh, Sean and Gabe for uh, coming on and talking to us about, you know, their their uh, their stories a little bit. Uh, and thank you for your service, all the veterans out there as well. Um, 
you know, happy Veterans Day. Thank you for everything you guys do. Um, you know, and had a lot of fun in this episode. Uh, thanks, everybody. Yeah, cool. But um, before we head out, man, I want to make sure to mention Chris Fernando's uh, little side hustle. He's got Break Grit. You know, check him out. They got some sweet ass fucking gear. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be coming up with some fire stuff for the holidays pretty soon. So when you get a chance, check him out on Insta. Break Grit. We'll be uh, posting his link pretty soon or some pics of some of his stuff. Um, in the meantime, Jujiteros, stay safe. Visit our new website at podpage.com forward slash Jujiteros C2C. Leave us a voicemail by going down to the bottom right-hand corner. Look for that little blue microphone icon. Click on it and leave us a message. Let us know what you want to hear on a future episode. Uh, until next time, keep rolling and training if you can out there. We hope to hear from you soon. Peace. Yagshamesh, my name is Borat. I have a great news. Kazakhstan Intelligence Service wants to bring in Kuradus Jiu-Jitsu to our great nation. Great success, Alfonso. I send you pictures of my manhood, yes? Wa-wa-wee-wa, high five. Call me back. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life The dark web can be like a restaurant for identity thieves. Hi, ready to order? I'll have the driver's license number. Great, that comes with a home address or a birth date. Ooh, both, please. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. LifeLock by Norton makes it easy to help protect yourself. If you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year at LifeLock.com aware. Identity theft protection starts here.